And you guys missed an amazing opportunity to say amen when he says, when Joel says something good on Sunday morning, she was like, yes, amen. I mean, come on, guys, help me out a little bit here. And so as we jump into the verse of Scripture this morning and jump into base groups a little bit more uh, in depth, I've gotten with Jeff on the rest of this series, and um, I, told, I asked him, what are the key things you want me to emphasize as we go through the rest of this series that will end on the, the first Sunday in August? And what we're going to talk about to, today is a lot of uh, step out by jumping in. Jump in and get involved with these things. And so as they are called base groups, I'm going to touch back on a little bit of stuff that we've, we've done over the, the past couple weeks. And uh, the verse says, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. And you can tell that we're excited about this at TWBC. We're excited about what God's going to do through these groups. And here's the thing about the game of baseball. You don't score a run until you touch the home plate. And it's when that final base must be crossed. And when you cross home plate, you can no longer be called out. And this is a little recap of what I did two weeks ago. And we've left at TWBC, we, we have left so many what you, we would call players in the game stranded on base by not giving them an opportunity to jump out there and to function in their giftings and to pray for one another because we teach you a lot of great stuff. Amen. You learn a lot of great stuff. Amen. But then we never really give you a chance to apply all the great stuff you learn and know. And that's what these groups are, are, are geared for. So when you hear something on Sunday morning that you love and it's great, say amen. That, that, that you can apply it on Sunday evening. And the fact of the matter is stats, uh, you can look up and research these stats. If you don't write something down or apply it, the, the time you hear it, Within 24 hours, you forget 90% of what you heard. So by, by tomorrow morning at this time, or at noon tomorrow morning, you'll have forgotten 90% of what I've said. By the time, no, that's not a good amen. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and, and, so, and so you forgot 90% of what I've said. By the time 30 days go by, you, you remember literally less than one one-hundredth of a percent of what I've said. You may remember the illustration. Oh, Joel was up on stage doing something crazy. Uh, he, he's making his worship or, or his youth pastor try to jump up on stage with him. You may remember the one or two things. Sorry, D, I just had to, bro. I'm in trouble for that this week. But you may remember one one hundredth of what I've talked about 30 days from now. With the opportunity of base groups getting involved and you jumping in, it's going to give you an opportunity to get in the game and not just get in the game, but give you the opportunity to experience what we experience. People always wonder, why are y'all so excited in ministry a lot of the times? It's because we get to actually see God move through us, but we've done a great injustice by not letting God move through you the way he's moving through us. And so that's the purpose of base groups is to, is to jump out there and get God to move through you just like he does us. The first thing we got to do is we begin to to do this uh, sermon this morning is we got to grab the bat and we got to step up to the plate. We got to grab the bat and you got to step up to the plate. Understand this, no baseball player in the history of the world ever thought about hitting a home run without a baseball bat. Can I get an amen? Does, does that sound fairly normal, like a, like a common sense statement? Because here's what we do as the body of Christ. We're like, God, we want to see you move. We want to see you do something awesome. God, hit a home run. But if God's going to hit a home run through you, You've got to literally grab the bat. You've got to jump in. You've got to grab up to the bat and step up to the plate. And what I'm going to challenge you to do this morning is literally step up to the plate. Go to one of these pieces of papers and write your names down on it. Don't wait until we're doing the launch party. Oh, I forgot to sign up, so I'm just going to show up anyways, okay? That's fine, but I want you to step up to the plate today. 
I want you to begin to make a conscious decision today about where God's going to lead your life over the next four to six weeks. A lot of people, the biggest problem we have is we get inspired about something, but then we have no follow through on it. So today I want you to begin to follow through. And the reason why I want you to grab the bat is because the bat is the driving force connected to the power source that helps you hit a home run, okay? The bat is literally the driving force connected to the power source that helps you hit a home run. This bat cannot hit a home run, okay? The person swinging the bat can hit a home run. But the person can't hit a home run without the bat. So the bat is the driving force. When a baseball uh, pitcher throws the ball straight at the baseball player, and I'm just going to tell you, I think baseball players, you can say what you want about soccer players, baseball players are some of the craziest people in the world. If you told me somebody's going to stand, what is it, uh, what's the pitcher's mouth, 60 feet away from home plate, 60 feet and throw something this big at my head at 100 miles an hour, and I'm going to stand there with something just about that big around to try and hit it to keep it from hitting my head? Uh, really, you think we're crazy as soccer players? Y'all are nuts. Y'all are nuts. And so the bat is the driving force when you swing a bat, Keep your elbow up. I'm learning this. My son played baseball. It's the driving force. If I don't swing it and put force behind it, it's got to be connected to a power source for it to hit the ball and go over the fence. Spiritually, what this means is you have the power to hit a home run. You are the power source because Christ is in you. The people that come in, your, your small groups, everybody is going to have a different week every single week. One week, you're going to have a phenomenal week, and God's going to be able to move through you mightily. Can I get an amen? amen? One week, you're not going to have a good week, and you're going to need God to move in you mightily. Okay? And it's going to take somebody letting God move through them so God can work in you, or God working through you so he can work in them. And on any given week, God's going to use you to have a driving force connected to your power source, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, to hit a home run in somebody's life. I'll never forget the time when, when, when Sherry and I were first praying about having a baby and it didn't happen and it didn't happen. There were, uh, there were two other couples that got together with us every Sunday night after we had Sunday night church, way back when we had Sunday night church. Um, and we would pray together. And I'll never forget the times that we prayed together because there was a connection there. There was a driving force in one of us. One of us would have had a bad week that week. It was just a given, right, Rusty? I mean, it's just the way it was. One of us couples would have had a bad week that week. And when the other two couples showed up, maybe all three of us had bad weeks. But it's a lot easier to pray together with three of you that had bad weeks that you know you're still there for one another. Or if two of us just had a bad week, the other couple would pray for us. And we would begin to pray together on a regular basis. And we would begin to understand that there is a driving force connected to a power source that God wants to change the lives of people with us. God wants to change the lives of people with you, through you. He wants to use you. The problem is, a lot of people say, Pastor, I would love to see some of the miracles that Jesus did, do some of the miracles that Jesus did. I'd love to pray for people, watch them get healed. Well, what's stopping you? I'll tell you what's stopping you, the opportunity. That's what's been stopping you, the opportunity. So now we're giving you the opportunity to have a driving force, a bat, uh, the power of God in your life, a driving force connected to a power source, the Spirit of God on the inside of you, to hit a home run in somebody else's life. The best thing about baseball is not the solo shot home run. The best thing about baseball is what? It's called the Grand Slam. Or the walk-off Grand Slam's even better. 
okay? The grand slam is the best thing about baseball. Why? Because how many runs get scored? Four. But what happens? What in reality happens? You have three people who are stranded on base, and they're not coming home. But one person gets up, just one. One person gets up and grabs a hold of the driving force connected to a power source, and the perfect pitch comes, and he cranks on a ball, and he hits a home run, and who comes home? All of them come home. What we want you to do here at TWBC is be that driving force connected to a power source that helps stranded runners on base get home. You have believers all over the place who are struggling in their Christian walk, and they'll never show it on a Sunday morning. Sunday morning, and I love this term, everybody comes in and puts their brave face on. Everything's great in my life. Hey, how you doing? I'm shaking your hand at the front door. How you doing? How's your week been? Oh, it's been great. I know for a fact it hadn't been great. I've seen Facebook and Twitter. I know how your week's been. So don't lie to me when you walk in the front door. <laughs> Tell me it's been bad. But here's the problem. We leave believers stranded on base all day long. And God says, I just want one person to, hit it, to get up, step up to the plate, and understand this. you got to grab a driving force, connect it to a power source, and let God work through you. Grab a hold of a driving force connected to a power source and let God use you. Some of you, you took a step of faith and started doing that this morning when you came up to pray for people with addictions and problems and that needed to be set free. You grabbed a hold of the driving force. You connected it to a power source so God can work through you. And people were set free and healed this morning in the midst of worship. I truly believe that. I, I, I know that. I know that happened this morning. So we need more people that are a driving force connected to a power source that God can work through. So what I got to have everybody begin to do even this morning is simply say this I'm gonna step up to the plate I'm gonna give it a shot I'm gonna try and I'm gonna make myself available for God to have an opportunity to use me to hit a home run so the first thing you have to do is you got to step up to the plate a lot of times people grab the bat they get up but we don't ever want to get out of the on-deck circle. If you don't know what the on-deck circle is in baseball, the on-deck circle is when the person who is actually batting is at the plate. There's a circle over here for the person who's next up to bat to go stand in an on-deck circle. And they got all these cute little weights on the bat and stuff. And they're over there swinging and practicing and loosening it up. Some of them have five bats and they're stretching all these different ways and stuff. They're in the on-deck circle. They look good. <laughs> they got a uniform. They got a name on their back. They got a bat in their hand. The problem is this is Sunday morning. Y'all all look good. <laughs> you got a name on your jersey. You got a bat in your hand. The problem is we always think it's somebody else's turn to bat. Come on now, that's good. We always say it's somebody else's turn to bat. God lays it on your heart to go pray for somebody at the altar when they're praying. And you're like, I'll pastor will get that. One of the pastor's wives will get that. They're so sweet. They just go lay their hands on people and pray for them and bless them and one of them sweet ladies will get that. No, not at all. You are not called to live your Christian walk in the on-deck circle. You're not called to just look good and swing a bat for practice. You're not called to stand over there and keep stretching. There comes a time when you've got to stand up and say, I'm ready to get out of this on-deck circle. I'm ready to swing the bat. I'm ready to hit a home run. And it's time that we become way more than fanatics, way more than fans. Because listen, sporting events around the world gather more gatherings of people in one place at a singular moment in time than any other events in the history of the world. College football season is the best example. 
You can talk about pro stuff all you want. When colleges play, people pack out stands. College stadiums are the biggest in the world. Michigan Stadium, bless their hearts, they need to win some, but Michigan Stadium, it can hold over 112,000 people at one time. And 112,000 people show up to watch 22 people on a field play. You're booing 11 of them and you're cheering on the other 11. Right? So I'm praying that you've gotten past that level where you're just a fan and you're booing us some of the time and you're cheering us some of the time. And you've gotten down to where you're ready to step up to the plate. You're in the on-deck circle. But it's time for you to step up and swing the bat. You've got to want to get out of the on-deck circle. No baseball player ever, ever said, I hope this, this third out happens so I don't have to get up and swing. <laughs> I've said that because I'm not a baseball player and I'm horrible at swinging. If they just get out, I don't have to swing the bat. How many of y'all have ever played baseball in your life? Raise your hand. All right, now stand up. Hey, just, just stand up just for a minute. If you've ever played baseball in your life, how many of y'all have ever said, I hope I don't get a chance to bat? right and so how long did you continue to play baseball not very long the others of you how many that, that never have said that how many of you loved and anticipated the time when you got up to bat raise your hand you were excited about it and it's the same in the body of Christ when we're in the on deck circle we have some people who are ready to play you may be seated you have some people who are ready to play but because of fear of striking out they're saying please God don't call on me but you're equipped to play or you wouldn't be there with a jersey on amen you got other people who are excited about ready to get to play and they're saying God I'm ready to play but we never get out of the on deck circle and so it's time this morning that we in the midst of everything going on in everything taking place in your life, that we get a singular focus just for a little bit and say, God, if you're going to do something in my family, do it through me and get out of the on-deck circle. If you're going to do something in this church, do it through me and I'm going to step out of this on-deck circle. God, if you're going to do something, it's my time to bat. It's my turn to step up to the plate. No major league baseball player ever says, I hope I just get to sit the bench all night tonight. I just hope that happens. Nobody has ever said that if you're actually wanting to play the game. I remember a time when, when we were playing uh, soccer in high school and I was a sophomore and, and made it on the varsity team and I wasn't by no means the best and I had to sit on the bench. And you know, I was miserable because I wasn't geared to sit on the bench. I was geared to play. Whatever sport you've ever played in your life, you played it because you wanted to play it or you continued to play it because you wanted to play it. You didn't go to the field and dress up and put the uniform on and everything every single week to sit there. But many people in the body of Christ put their uniform on every Sunday, get their Bible in hand and get it in tow and they walk in here and say, whoo, I'm so glad to just sit on the bench. This is where we change it. This is where we make something different happen. So you're called to get out of the on-deck circle. Final point I want to make this morning is you're more than a jersey. You're more than a jersey. Everybody who's ever watched a pro sporting event, especially baseball, and I find baseball unique that the managers, they dress the same as the team players. That's the one thing I love about baseball is that the manager dresses just like the team players. 
He's got a uniform on just like the team players. Just like the ones on the bench, just like the, the first one up to bat. They all are dressed the same. Here's the thing. Your Christianity has got to be more than a jersey you wear. A lot of people have made their Christianity simply a, a, a jersey that they wear, a t-shirt that they put on. And you want people to see that you're a Christian. I don't really want to see that you're a Christian anymore. I want you to show me that you're a Christian. Right? My, my dad has, a, has an awesome saying. And, and this is the saying that he says, saved, so what? You can tell me you're saved all day long. I don't want you to tell me you're saved. Show me you're saved. I don't want you to tell me that you're born again. Show me you're born again. I don't want you to tell me that you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and you're producing the fruit of the Spirit. Show me the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. We live in a world that says, show me. Show me. The thing about football is this. Every play they stop and get into a huddle. And they, all these guys get into a huddle and make plans about what they're about to go do. Nobody cares about the huddle. They want to see what you were discussing by, them, by you showing them what you discussed by executing the play on the field. Right? Nobody cares about the huddle. We put up with the huddle, and we put up with the 35 seconds between every play, plus the commercial breaks, plus all this. Right? For a 10-second play, at the longest a 10-second play, and so we tell the football players, we want to see you go public with your private conversation. The world is looking at the church and saying, I want to see you go public with your private conversations that you've had with God. Don't tell me how much you pray. Show me how much you pray. Go public with your private conversations. Don't tell me how much you've heard from God. Show me. Go public with your private conversations. Don't sit there all day and tell me how great church is and tell me how wonderful the body of Christ is. Show me how wonderful the body of Christ is. Show me how great the church is. Go public with your private conversations. We are more than jersey wearers. We are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. James even had the same issue that, that, that we face today. He says, what good is it, people, if some of you say you have faith, but you don't show me by your work? That's what James says. James was mad. James was the brother of Jesus. Because the church had gotten in this rut of everybody saying, we're saved, we're saved, we're saved. James says, quit telling me you're saved. Show me you're saved. Show me by the work that you do. I want you to go public with your private conversations. See what the world's waiting on? The whole world outside here in Sulphur Springs is waiting on this. For you to go public this week with what you've heard this morning. It's what they're waiting on. Don't tell me how great your church was. Show me how great your church was by how you've changed. Let's go public with our private conversations. But many Christians are satisfied just putting on a jersey and walking around with a jersey that says, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I am not underestimating or negating the power or the importance of salvation. I am not by any means. But what I am saying is this. It is time that we show people that there is something after salvation that takes place. And that is walking out the salvation that we just got and going public with the private conversation. And as the church, as the body of Christ, it's time that we put on more than just a jersey. It's time that we get ready to play.
It's time that we get ready to play. You can talk to any athlete out there. Their favorite times of playing are not the professional games. It's when they don't have to put on the jersey and they can just go out and have fun and play. LeBron's been the big story in the NBA this week. Any of you heard of him? I promise you this, as much as he loves playing in the NBA, what he loves more is not putting on a jersey, putting on a t-shirt, and just going and playing. The world out there is tired of us putting on jerseys that says we're saved. They're just saying, just come out of your house and show me you're saved. Show me your, pro go public with your private conversations, and let's see what happens. So today, you're wondering, what, it, what am I doing now? What is my next step? The Bible says this about faith. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 6, 2. It says, now is the time of salvation. Now is the time. Now is the time to not just say I'm saved or get saved, but to show people we're saved. Show people we've been born again. Show people we're part of the body of Christ. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and it's the famous verse on faith, but it's, it's summed up in three, the first three words. It says, now faith is. Now faith is. Faith isn't in the future. Faith isn't in the past. Faith is right now. If you have faith, then you're going to step out and do what it says to do. So what is your next step? Your next step is to simply respond to your faith this morning. Some of you are like, I don't like getting intimate with people. The Bible specifically says, do not forsake the gathering of one another. Because God understands that when people get to know you and relate to you, it's going to make you a better person. It's going to help you through trials, struggles, circumstances. Well, I've been hurt in the past. Good, we all have. Let's get past hurts and let's go on to healing. Let's get healed. I've had a bad experience with groups like this. Good, now have a good experience with this church. Amen? I've had a tough time in the past. Good, let's make a bright future right now. Amen? So here's the thing. It's time to get out of the on-deck circle and step up to the plate Grab the bat because it is the driving force connected to the power source on the inside of you that will change the world you live in.